We welcome you to the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. We're back today to teach a little bit more on the great virtue of Jesus Christ called humility. What an awesome, awesome virtue by the grace of God that we as the body of Christ are able to walk in. We know that in the book of Colossians that we are commanded really to be clothed with the bowels of mercy and the meekness of Jesus Christ. Now, when we stop and we think about this command in Colossians 3 and 12, we rem we're just in awe because it says, be clothed with mercy, kindness, hum humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering, which distinguishes there is a difference between humbleness and meekness. Now, meekness is a fruit of the Spirit, Humility is a virtue of Christ, part of his characteristic as well. They are very closely re related. If you have not acquired the development of Christ's meekness in your life, then you will see that the measure of your humility is not very great. We want to be Christ-like. So, Father, we just ask you today on the I Believe in Jesus broadcast to open our ears to hear. And, Lord Jesus, we believe that the body of Christ that's listening really truly wants to grow we understand lord god that humility is the cloak that you came to this earth with and set that perfect example and we ask you to do a new th new work in us today save the lost heal the sick and lord god set the captive free through the teaching of your holy word and we give praise and honor to god in jesus name Sometimes we might ask, why is humility an important part of our spiritual life? If you would go to Joshua chapter 7, we would begin through the word of God to give you understanding here through this story of why humility is so important to your spiritual progress in the Lord. See, we don't want to stop growing. We want to be continually growing in the things of God. So I will read you Joshua 7, verse 6, and I would encourage you, all of you skilled warriors out there and children of God, that you would go home and you would take time and study this whole entire chapter to be able to understand the fullness of the importance of you as a child of God being cloaked in humility. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. Now they humbled themselves, and they were crying out. Listen to verse 7, saying, And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall in shall envy us, us round about, shall compass us round about and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Now Joshua humbled himself, but he was also feeling sorry for himself. And he was confused. Joshua and the leaders of Israel tore their clothes in confusion, threw dust upon their heads and bowed down, facing the ark of the Lord until evening. Now heavens, 
What a situation. The Lord, they had just seen him perform a miracle, brought them across the Jordan into the promised land. Now, all of a sudden, they were surrounded by enemies. Have you ever felt like that? Well, they needed the virtue of humility, which includes trusting God and a proper attitude towards God in the time of adversity the adversary coming against him. When we're in trouble, we better humble ourselves and begin to trust God and begin to really examine ourselves to see if we really believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he will be a God that keeps his promises in the written word towards us. Humility is the proper attitude always before God. Joshua and the elders tore their clothing, sprinkled dust on their heads as a sign of deep mourning. They were confused by their defeat at the small city of Ai after the spectacular Jericho victory. Remember when they marched around Jericho? They obeyed God. They shouted seven times, went around seven times, and down came those walls. What a great victory. So they went before God in deep humility, sorrow, and fear to receive his instructions. When our life falls apart, church, we also should turn to God in this manner and cry out, Lord, I might not understand, but give me direction and give me help. We need this virtue of Christ. Because if we don't humble ourselves immediately in trouble, we're going to get prideful, we can get bitter, we can get resentful, and we will see defeat. So like Joshua and the elders, we should always humble ourselves and cry out and even say, God, I'm confused and don't understand. Humility keeps us from depending on our own strength. When Joshua first went against Ai in chapter 7, verse 3, he did not consult God, but relied on the strength of his army to defeat the small city. That was a mistake. Only after Israel was defeated did they turn to God and ask what happened. Anytime we rely upon our own strength, we will know defeat. Too often do we do that. We rely on our skills. We rely on our strength. We rely on our gifts. We rely on our talents, especially when the task before us seems so easy. We go to God only when the obstacles seem too great. However, only God knows what lies ahead. Consulting him, even when we think we have a great idea and, a win and we're on a winning streak, may save us from grave mistakes and misjudgment. God may want us to learn lessons, remove pride, or consult others before he'll even work through us. Oh, we need to humble ourselves, church. We need to not ever put our confidence in our own ability because the moment that we do we are against God Joshua and his army had to learn this lesson as everyone else in the word of God had to learn it a time or two pride will destroy you when you think your way is better or you don't need God to figure something out you can be sure you're ready for a fall humility makes our prayers direct and honest and upright before God. Imagine praying the way Joshua prayed to God at that moment. This is not a formal church prayer. It's a prayer of a man who is afraid and confused by what's happened around him, and he doesn't even realize what he did wrong. How many times are we like that? But at least he humbled himself and didn't go on in that pride. Joshua poured out his real thoughts to God. So hiding your needs from God, pouring out your heart and ignoring God, uh, that's very prideful and that won't help. 
God welcomes your honest prayers. Even when you say, I don't understand and I'm weary and I'm tired, humility will bring you into honesty before God. Express your true feelings to him. Pour out your heart to him. He already knows everything, but he loves communion. He wants you to open your heart. He doesn't force things. He wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. He knows we're going to make mistakes, but he wants to teach us through those mistakes so that we don't continue making them. Any believer can become more honest in prayer by remembering that God is all-knowing. He's all-powerful, and that his love is everlasting. Go home and read 2 Kings 5, 1 through 19, and be encouraged. 2 Kings 5, 13 says his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply to go and wash and be cured. Don't ever let your pride make you think that God's ways are simple and that your way is better. Watch out. Always remain with a humble mind, a lowly mind, recognizing that you are nothing in comparison to God. Humility is good training in obedience. Nahum, a great hero, was used to, to get respect, and he was outraged when Elijah treated him like an ordinary person. A proud man, he expected royal treatment. To wash in a great river would be one thing, but Jordan was small and it was dirty. And that was humiliating to him. And God was wanting to deal with his pride. And unless he received humility and submitted himself to God, his pride would have stopped his healing. Because to wash in the Jordan, Nahum thought, was beneath a man of his position. Oh, the Lord resists the proud church. But Nahum had to humble himself and obey Elisha's commands in order to be healed. Humility also clarifies our dependence on God. Obedience to God begins with humility. We must believe that his way is better than our own. We may not always understand his ways of working, but by humbling obeying, we will receive his blessings. We must remember that God's ways are best. God wants our obedience more than anything else. God can use anything to accomplish his purpose in a humble vessel. But he can and will not and chooses not to use the prideful. He will cause you to be delayed in using. He will not allow you to spiritually progress in his life until you humble yourself more day by day, recognizing you need to be totally dependent on a God that is all-knowing, all-powerful. He is to be Lord. You are to be the servant. Humility challenges our pride constantly, just as it did Naaman. He was left in a rage. He was angry because the cure of his disease seemed too simple. He was too high-minded. He couldn't humble himself to do it God's way at first. He was a hero, and he, he was expected to behave as a hero in his world. Full of pride and self-will, he could not accept this simple cure of faith. Sometimes people react to God's offer of forgiveness in the same way. 
just to believe in Jesus Christ somehow doesn't seem significant enough to really to bring us to eternal life. Are you like that out there listening to this program? Are you too prideful to think that you need a Savior that was born in a stable, died on a cross, rose from the grave on the third day? Does he not look like the kind of God you think he ought to be to be the Savior of the world? Well, I'll tell you what. When you see Jesus come back the next time, he's going to be crowned with glory. He's not going to look like a humble God, but in heart and clothing he always will be. He'll be dressed in splendor, but that isn't the way he wanted to come here on this earth as a high-minded God, as a honey God, showing off who he was. He came and he desired to be a man of no reputation. He wanted you to see his heart. His heart is a heart of humility. His heart is a heart so full of love that he would die in the most degraded manner on a cross, crucified. You think his birth was humble? Look at his death. The death across, put to shame. He could have called down 10,000 angels and destroyed everyone that ever did anything ugly or said anything or touched him or beat him. He could have wiped them all out. All of Rome, all, all mankind. He wiped out all mankind, all but knowing his family once. God is a God of love and a God of mercy. Nahum was a prideful man. So he thought it was beneath his dignity to wash, though he was a leper. What Naaman had to do to have his leprosy washed away is similar to what we must do to have our sins washed away. We have to humbly accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and accept God's mercy and realize that there is no good thing within us. We have a sin nature. And Jesus said, to be able to have the promise of eternal life, you must be born again. When Jesus said, I'm the only way in, you must believe in me, you must repent of your sins, and you must accept me as your personal Savior in order to have an eternity in heaven. Are you ready to do that today? Don't let your reaction to the way of faith keep you from the cure of your life in eternity. You need Jesus Christ. Psalms 8, 3 and 4 says this, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon of the stars, you have set in place what are mortals that you should think of us, mere humans that you should care for us. Jesus Christ knows and remembers our frame. Man was made from dust. Woman was made from the rib of a man. We are beneath God. We are not above Jesus Christ. He is the only one one living and true God are you ready to humble yourself repent of your pride repent of all your sin and accept Christ as your personal savior the humility of Christ operating in your life will increase your appreciation for Jesus amen in Luke 4 11 it says the proud will be humbled but the humble 
will be honored to respect God's majesty he is a holy God I'm in awe of God you need to be in awe of Jesus we must compare ourselves to his greatness <laughs> there is no comparison <laughs> we can't even come up to the place where we could be compared to his holiness to feel small is a healthy way to get back to reality but God does not want us to dwell in our smallness humility means proper respect for God reverence for God not self-depriviation like we are worthless we are unworthy of such a redeemer but we are not worthless or he would not have died for us because once we give our life to him then we can be true worshipers and servants of the most high God allowing his life to continue to be seen on the face of the earth humility is essential for service to others Jesus advised people not to rush for the best places at the feast people today are just as eager to raise their social status whether by being with the right people dressing for success or driving the right car whom do you try to impress rather than aiming for prestige look for a place where you can serve if God wants you to serve on a wider scale he will invite you to take a higher place let him exalt you let him lift you up amen Jesus Christ is our model for humility always how can we humble ourselves some people try to give the appearance of humility in order to manipulate other people that's not true humility of Christ that's false humility others think that humility means putting themselves down that's not true true humility truly humble people compare themselves only with Christ they realize their sinfulness and understand their limitations on the other hand they also recognize their gifts their strengths and are willing to use them as Christ directs him humility is not self-degradation it is realistic assessment and commitment to be a servant Jesus was a servant he humbled himself glory to God washed the feet of the disciples amen and we need to understand the power of the attitude of humility it is a safe place for the body of Christ it will keep us from getting into that place where God himself even though we're his child he has to resist us study the word of God on humility humility is not defacing you it is not destroying one's sense of self-worth I say it again it is honest recognition of our own worth our own worth as God sees us pride elevates us above others and even above God himself but to destroy one's self-worth is never acceptable to God he he made you he fearfully wonderfully made you and when you are born again he says that you are worthy and once you get into glory he will put robes of white upon you and he will even give you a new name he loved you enough to die for you but you can't even accept him without a humble heart you have to recognize that you are a sinner you may not have committed every sin in the world there is to commit but you have sinned you can't help yourself you're born since the fall of Adam and Eve you were born into sin 
And you must be saved. You must be born again. You must receive Christ so that the Holy Spirit of Christ can come and dwell in you as well as Christ in your heart to see ourselves as God sees us. That's our goal. And if we keep that, then that view that, oh, as Christ died for us, Glory to God, he sent it. He came, he loved us enough to die for us. We're that valuable in God's eyes that he gave his only begotten son to die for us. That humbles us right there. That should humble us. What is true humility? Zephaniah in the Old Testament 3.12 says, Those who are left will be the lowly and the humble, for it is they who trust in the name of the Lord. That is true humility, to trust in what the Word of God says. Humility is not thinking too highly of yourself. Matthew 18 and 4 says, Anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humility is like the dependency of a child on a parent recognize that you need Jesus you need him to have the security of eternal life with him Titus 3 and 2 says they must not speak evil of anyone they must avoid quarreling instead they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone humility is kindness Humility is gentleness. Do you avoid quarreling? Do you treat others with kind words? Do you tr- are you gentle to others? Psalms 51, 3 and 4. I recognize not shameful deeds. They haunt me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me will be just. Humility is willingness to confess sin, to acknowledge that you are sinful, that you cannot keep one of God's laws, but through the power and the grace that Jesus Christ has chosen to give you after his death and resurrection in the New Testament. We are no longer under the law, but we are under grace and it's available, but you have to humble yourself in order to receive it. Proverbs 12 and 23 says, Wise people don't make a show of their knowledge, but fools broadcast their folly. Humility is not having to prove yourself. Glory to God. That's freedom. We don't have to prove ourselves. Everyone out here in the world without Jesus is running around trying to prove how smart they are or how much money they have or how much power they have. And they're worn out and they're weary. Glory to God, and it's of no avail. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. That we, through Christ, never have to do that. Proverbs 13 and 10 says, Pride leads to arguments. Those who take advice are wise. Humility allows us to take advice. Can you take advice from others? Pride leads to arguments. Those who take advice are wise. Humility allows us to be teachable. Are you teachable? Are you e- do you find it easy as a Christian to submit to those that God has placed in spiritual authority over you? Or do you find it hard to submit? 
If you find it hard to submit, your problem is you are not cloaked with humility, nor is the fruit of meekness developed in your life. As a Christian, we know that Jesus humbled himself. We know that our attitude needs to be the same that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. He made himself as nothing. Jesus Christ, the very holy God of Israel, he took the humble position of a slave and appeared in human form. And in human form, he obediently humbled himself even further by dying a criminal's death on a cross. Because of this, God raised him up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name that is above every name so that at at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was God, is God, cannot stop being God, yet he made himself nothing and suffered death on the cross for you and I. How prideful are we that we cannot see that this Jesus Christ is the very glory of God the Father in heaven. And that he loved his people so much that Jesus told his disciples, he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send a comforter unto you. He released the power, the very Holy Spirit, his spirit into the lives of the believers at the point of salvation. We are blessed. Hebrews 2 9 says what do what we do see is Jesus for a little while was made lower than the angels and now is crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death for us. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone in all the world. Jesus had all the glory and the honor, but for our sakes, he died so that we could be saved and have eternal life with him. Isn't that awesome? And Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 29, take my yoke upon me. Let me take teach you because I am humble and gentle and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is the ultimate role model of gentleness and humility. How do you become humble? It is written. Hallelujah. It is written as we end this broadcast. Hallelujah. It is written. First Peter 3, 8. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, full of sympathy towards each other, loving one another with tender hearts and humble minds. Humility comes from developing the compassion of God, asking him to make your heart more like his, a tender heart towards others. Philippians 2 and 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourself. Humility means thinking of others better than yourself. Never think of yourself better than someone else because the minute that you do, you're walking in pride. 1 Peter 5 and 5 says, you younger men accept the authority of the elders and all of you serve each other in humility for God sets himself against the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Humility means accepting the authority of those over you. Oh, and God responds to the humble. 
Psalms 25 and 9 says he leads the humble in what is right, teaching them his way. God leads and teaches the humble. If you are humble, you aren't teachable. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and in his good time, he will honor you. You stay humble. God will bless you. Amen? Don't be afraid. Glory to God. Don't fear. Acknowledge God as God. Acknowledge that you will never, you should never strive to be above your creator. He is the creator. I want to close this teaching with a prayer for all of you that were willing and humble enough to listen to this broadcast. Jesus is going to do a mighty work in you. Yes, those that are humbling themselves in this day and age, they know their God, and they know that their God is high, the high and lofty one, and that they are nothing but mere servants, vessels on the face of the earth. We are just servants to the Most High God, Jesus Christ. He's going to use you people that have heard this word and received this word. And if you see one little root of pride operating in your life, bow your knee right now and begin to ask the Lord Jesus to uproot those roots of pride, those strongholds of pride in your mind. And he'll do it. He will draw close to you because you're humbling yourself. We can't draw close to Jesus in a spirit of pride. We always have to have the attitude of humility, and we can ask God for his grace to humble us. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters that have received this word. I pray for them to be endowed with the grace of your humility. I bind the enemy from their lives. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And I ask you, Lord, I pray, Lord, for those that are so stout-hearted out there that are lost, so prideful that they will not accept you as the true Messiah. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you touch them and convict them right now and that you can tenderize their heart enough to put a measure of faith in the word of God that says Jesus Christ is the only way, the only security by accepting him to being sure that they will have an eternity in heaven. And if they don't do it, they will be assured to have an eternity in a place called hell. And Lord, we desire that none should perish. And I pray for the conviction of God upon the lost. I ask you, Lord, to heal the sick and the diseased. Lord, strengthen the weary saint and bless your people that are obedient. God will bless the obedient. He will never bless his people that are disobedient, but he will bless the obedient. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over the body of Christ around the world. And God, give them grace more every day to humble themselves, to be in your presence more than ever before, to seek your face for everything, to acknowledge you in all their ways and never take control of their life, but be a submissive servant in Jesus' name. God bless you. Hope to be back with you next week. We truly love you on the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. God bless. Stay in the word and peace. Be still. Shalom.